Welcome, heathens and witches, to the Horn and Cauldron Podcast. Podcast. Yeah, we're back at it again. Uh, welcome, welcome, welcome. Uh, let's kind of go through a little bit of business beforehand. So, uh, don't forget to like this video, comment below, share, subscribe, ring the bell, do all that kind of stuff. Um, I'm John Norgrove. This is Julie Norgrove. We, uh, do this with you podcast like every week. We've got full episodes every other week. And then on the off weeks, it's, it's a uh, pub chat Yeah. where we kind of answer questions or talk about topics that y'all have brought up or other people have brought up. So you can always message us. Um, or, you know, send us a thing on, like, send us a meme on Instagram and we might talk about that meme. Uh, so check the yeah. rest of those out. Uh, the podcast can be found anywhere where podcasts are normally found, as well as on YouTube if you want to look at our faces. And if you're already looking at our faces, what's up? Hello. Uh, so, so, um, yeah, all of that stuff out of the way, I think we should just get right into this one. What are we talking about this week? Well, this is a deep dive episode, so we're going to be talking pretty in depth about a specific thing. And that thing is color magic. What are we talking about? Eight, eight, eight foot section of the pool, not supposed to dive unless you know what you're doing? Yeah, basically. Yeah? Talk a three foot section of the pool, don't dive into that. Yeah, not don't, even with don't, us, don't, not, don't. Even with, not even with a water cop. Lifeguard, water cop. Oh! <laughs> Water cops. You said water cop, and I thought Baywatch. I mean, they, they are, are just... also lifeguards. No, 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 yeah. no. They're not also lifeguards. They're literally just lifeguards. They should not be solving crimes. <laughs> in fact, in the Baywatch movie, they expressly make it clear that it's absurd that these lifeguards are solving drug crimes. Yeah, so, that is correct. Water police. Yeah, so um, anyway... Uh, today, we are talking about color magic, or the magic of color. Um, I, don't, I don't know that the magic of color makes sense. Not really, no. I was just <laughs> trying to make it sound, like, I was just trying to make it sound a little fancier. We're yeah. talking about color magic, using Hue color in wizardry. magic. Hue wizardry. Yeah. Huesardry? Mm. Nope, I don't like that either. All right. <clears throat> so, moving along. Um, using Pigment sorcery. Pigment sor sorcipig? Pigmorcery. Pigmorcery. Mm, I don't like Still that either. Bad. Still okay, bad. Okay, what what would you call this? Yeah, so um, using color for magical endeavors and um, even healing has been around for like thousands of years. Sure, yeah. I mean, you know, we can see in color, so it's pretty important to us. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so um, this is... Who'd have thunk? This is uh, yet another one of those episodes where I found myself tumbling down the rabbit hole of things. Um, Historical learning... facts. Yeah. Scientific papers. Um, uh, 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 the, the deep, deep ocean of pseudoscience yeah. and, um, uh, what is that, conspiracy theories? Ooh, Ooh girl. yeah. Pseudoscientists love saying color's got some sort of property about some stuff. Yeah. Oh, man, that's good pseudoscience Well, it right turns there. out that some colors actually do Well, do I mean, that, sure, yeah, but, you of know. course, right? Um, because, like, a wavelength so of light is a specific really thing. we can't really entirely call it pseudoscience, No, 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 but... no, 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 no. It depends on specifically what topic you're talking that's about. That's true. Right? Yeah. Like, you know, there's, there's, like, the actual science of a medicine, right? Yes. And then there's the pseudoscience of this this medicine being able to cure a thing that, in fact, it does not. Well... And if you know what I'm talking about, then you know what I'm talking about. 
A lot of pseudoscientists out there saying that they know what the doctors don't know, which is fucking bonkers. So we're actually going to be talking about that uh, sort of first. So first, in order to talk about color magic, we're going to talk about chromotherapy, um, which is sometimes called vibrational healing um, because colors are like a vibration. Yeah. Was that a question? (laughs) No, I said it and I was like. Yeah, that, that checks out. That, that works enough. Um, I mean... <laughs> the kinda, scientist in you is already... Kind of not really, man. I mean, okay, so, like, light is a particle and a wave. Yeah. And in so far as it is a particle and a wave, the the frequency of that wave particle is what we perceive as color. So light... Uh, or, or um, like, radiant energy, for an abundant lack of better words, like electromagnetic radiant energy, is, like, a pretty broad spectrum of energies, and color, as we perceive it, color vision is, like, the tiniest little bit of it in the middle yeah. there. Yeah. Um, as well as, and, like, most things on Earth see color in some various way as we do, although there are creatures that can see, like, further into the ultraviolet spectrum and yeah. such like that. So, uh, like, I, I, you could kind of say it's a vibration. I didn't make it up, man. It's called vibrational healing, and I, I mean, mean, see, I when guess... I hear vibrational healing, I'm, I'm healing, I'm thinking of them them singing bowls. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. Also called vibrational healing. Mm. Yeah. And also color therapy, chromotherapy is oftentimes combined with sound therapy. Um, therapy. Yeah. So, Somo you know, therapy. so there's it's a whole it's a whole mess. So, yeah. using colors uh, usually in the form of colored light being shown on certain parts of the body or infusing water is like the most common way that you see uh, vibrational healing chromotherapy these days. Uh, sometimes used uh, for colors that um, it's it's also sometimes used for like only um, things that you see as opposed to things being projected on you or water being infused um, is like uh, using colored glasses, which we are both wearing uh, or having things, uh, having walls painted a specific color. Yeah. So you also see chromotherapy um, in that respect. And for chromotherapy, we're mostly going to be talking about the non-magical aspects of it because they definitely tell high in so hold on to your we'll little get, booties we'll get there we'll get we'll there. get there man yeah. this took me on a trip so the basic idea behind chromotherapy is that like john was saying light is energy and light also affects matter and ancient people started noticing that certain colors affected specific humors and even body parts sure. uh and so started experimenting with the use of color therapy. Yeah. Um, so historically there is, uh, the Neqing, which is not only the first book to record healing through color, but it's also the oldest medical book in existence and dates all the way back to 2650 BC China. 
So that is a super long time. Most of the deities that we talk about being worshipped haven't even been around that long. I think that there's only like one or two. And off the top of my head, the most recent one that we've talked about that even attempts to go back that far is Bast in Egypt, um, which is a deep dive that we recently did. So if you're interested in that, check that out. Um, but like, that's a super duper long time ago. Um, ancient Egyptians used temples with different colored rooms and also coordinating panes of glass to heal through color or to induce a mental state through color. Like, uh, they put crushed rubies basically in glass skylights mm -hmm. in temples and a variety of other gemstones and pigments and things like that. Um, they actually thought that Thoth, um, the god of wisdom uh, and also medicine, um, or one of them anyway, actually brought about the idea of color therapy. So this was actually something that was like highly revered and widely practiced. Although we don't entirely understand how widely practiced just because like there are so many things from, from ancient times that we have, but have not been, um, translated yet or you know we're missing key pieces of understanding like without a single rock the rosetta stone we'd have no idea what any of that stuff is talking about yeah. so you know there's a lot there but uh, we do know that it was highly revered it was something that was very common in temples um and we've actually talked about it a little bit too in the episodes where we touch on the eleusinian mysteries with our deep dives of aphrodite and also persephone um where you know you're like they're trying to elicit a certain response and then they shine a bright light at you mm -hmm. so that's actually something that the greeks did a whole bunch they kind of didn't do a whole lot they, they kind of like noticed that color did stuff but kind of didn't really care about it other than very specific appli uh, applications like for instance secret cults um they would like shine a really bright light at you and sometimes it would have a colored pane of glass in front of it um to invoke a feeling usually it was just bright white because that sort of symbol symbolization there of like purity and divinity uh but sometimes it would be a colored light through like you know a blue bowl or a red red bowl, red pane of glass, that sort of thing. Moving forward into the Dark Ages in Europe, the uh, just for a time frame there, like the Dark Ages in Europe was like around... During the Dark Ages. Yeah, during the Dark... The Dark Ages in Europe was around 8800 to around like 13 or 1500. During this time, right next door, the Islamic Empire was having an absolute golden age. And in that time, Avicenna, or otherwise known as Ibn Sina, was a philosopher. He was also the father of modern medicine, and he was studying metaphysics as well. This guy, smart. Uh, stuff, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was really into stuff. And he was also very interested at, in the use of color to identify and treat diseases. So he was a doctor who was also looking at the metaphysical side of things and also philosophy. So he was looking at it from sort of this three-sided pyramid, basic, or this three-sided triangle of how to treat a disease. So he actually went so far as to assign different parts of the body and different organs, different colors to treat them and tied it into how to like, you know, work with God to do this and 
and um, other things that were uh, not necessarily physiological, also mental, you know, um, malaise was something that he thought could be treated using a combination of philosophy and color magic and also metaphysics, uh, among other things like, well, you know, disease, uh, like the flu and infertility and uh, infections. He thought that those could be cured that way. Whether or not all those things were cured by that is, you know, hard to tell because we're looking at like a thousand plus years ago uh, of information and also uh, medical science was definitely not what it is today. Um, <laughs> but he was huge and he's really sort of like the father of the idea of chromotherapy, uh, at least as we look at it in a modern sense. Uh, but as time goes on, medical science also advances and experts have considered the use of colors to heal physiological ailments from everything to cancer, to diabetes, to sicknesses as a sham or quackery as the, uh, Wikipedia article says. Yeah. Yeah. The use of color to heal physiological ailments would be, is, is in general considered a bit of hoax. Exactly. A, a bit of hokum, yeah. a, a bit of bananas. Uh, in general, what I you know what what I what I'm gonna say on this is, uh, if you have a medical thing, do what the doctor says. I, yeah. I know that right now it's real hot to disagree with doctors. It's so hot right now. Um, but uh, you're not a fucking doctor. Also, a reminder: we are not doctors. Oh my God, it's worse. So don't take anything Listen, we're saying as we're definitely not here. doctors. You are also not a doctor unless you are a doctor. At which point, go to a bigger doctor, <laughs> right? Just always seek out a larger adult. Yeah, right? another adult. So, like, like, do what your doctor says. That that's gonna be the thing that's gonna treat you if you want to wear specific color to make you feel better in addition to what the doctor says no harm no foul yeah why but, not but, supplement but as opposed but to what the doctor says real dumb moves guys real real dumb moves I, you know I'm, I, I'm trying to be nice here but real dumb listen to doctors they're yeah. literally yeah. there to help you and if you're concerned with what your doctor's saying then just get a bigger doctor or additional ones yeah yeah that's what i'm saying like like like, don't just fire this doctor and then go to a different doctor. Just, like, be like, all right, this doctor said this. I'm going to seek advice from a larger doctor and see what this larger doctor says. Yep. Right? And if the larger doctor says 100% that doctor was right, well, then there you go. Yeah. It's okay. Always seek a larger adult's opinion if you're concerned. But, like, you know, you don't go, like, like, like you you don't go to a doctor to get a, uh, to get a cut of steak for your barbecue. Don't take medical advice from from some asshole on the internet. Yeah, you know exactly. What I mean? Like, come on, guys. The the internet stuff has its place. Butchers have their place. Doctors have their places. <laughs> and those places don't interchange, right? We're not. It's not the old days anymore. We don't have like, oh, this is the pharmacy, bar, dentist, butcher, uh, and also we re reshoot your horses. So don't worry about that. You yeah, know, we don't we don't have that anymore. We specialize. Although now. I do, re although I do recognize the millennial hustle in that. I mean, yeah, sure, but yeah, still. Um. Anyway, so Seek real regardless advice. of the views of 
of of medicine. Uh, from time to time, some people have taken hold of the ideas of chromotherapy and attempted to learn more about the possibilities. Starting in the 1800s, there was a huge revival of chromotherapy. Um, Everything was hot. All magical shenanigans were hot in the yeah, 1800s. Yeah, magical bro. stuff, med medical so stuff, yeah. super, super hot. Yeah. It was also driven by other medical and scientific breakthroughs. Yeah. So um, some of those breakthroughs, starting in the 1800s, moving forwards in time would be uh, like finding out that sunlight inhibits bacteria growth. Yep. That was huge. Um, Einstein's ideas about transforming matter into energy and energy into matter. Definitely was... definitely would have fired up a bunch of chromotherapy people. Ooh, yeah. I read the quote about... about that and I was like, oh yeah, a bunch of chromotherapists. Oh yeah. It's like, it's talking about, about like, you know, with, with, a, with enough energy, matter can become energy just pure energy and with enough energy energy can choose to become matter again and i was like ooh that's good good right there mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um <laughs> also um lots of clinical matter studies choose it's it's physics <laughs> Physics isn't about choice, it's about math, guys, but that's fine, keep going. <laughs> so also lots of clinical studies um, showing that colored light affects patients' moods in clinical settings. Yeah. Um, also light and specifically colored light curing um, infant jaundice was big. That only happened in like the 1950s. Yeah. That's not even that far away. Yeah. Well, you know, that's, that's the like, if you live up in the Arctic Circle and you got them UV bulbs and you got one of them glowing uh purple uv rooms yeah what with so that way you don't get uh seasonal affect disorder during like a month of no sunlight or what have you yeah you know so like so like does wearing a pair of pink glasses help you with some sort of a medical thing Oof, girl no mm -mm. that's not how that shit works uh but like does wearing a pair of pink glasses make you feel better which makes it easier for you to cope with going into a place of work where maybe you want to mush your boss's face a little bit Fucking solid gold dog. Wear those pink glasses. Don't mush faces. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. like, I feel like I feel like the term medicine is maybe too broad a stroke to say yay or nay, uh, because it's highly specific. And like how you know a colored room is gonna affect somebody's like mood. Yeah. Or whatever, right? Or the way that you feel about a thing, right? Everybody's got like a favorite color, and everybody wants, you know, you got you got people who want like if you're if you're like one of these white house, white carpets, white cabinets, white you no. know like white walls kind I don't of people. Want that at all. Like if you're one of these like gleaming white, <laughs> like like um, uh, liminal space kind of kind of people, and that's your house. You walk into like a house that's primarily like darker tones like dark blacks and dark grays and yeah. dark greens and dark blues then you're gonna be like not not with it yeah. You know? yeah right and just the same if you're one of those like like uh like dark house people or a lighthouse person and you come into a house like our house which has like a lot of like various colors yeah. and textures and stuff you're gonna be like like overwhelmed a lot happening in right here. <laughs> you know i mean like a good example is like just go watch like a like an older movie like like when we watched the umbrellas of shamborg uh which is a french musical highly recommend um, but, uh, like it was like, what, 60s, 70s, yeah. something like that. And it's like big flipping bright, like, like the most technicolor bright 
fucking wallpapers. Yeah. And then it's like, this room's pink, and this room's green, and this room's blue. And, like, I, I in my mind, watching that and thinking back on it, like, if a modern, like... Uh, what do you call those, like, interior decorator yeah. types? Like, if a modern interior decorator or something, like, walked into the house in Umbrellas of Schoenberg, they would be like, fucking burn this thing down. Oh, yeah, like, uh, Bro, like Joanna Gaines. Yeah, and it's not like, it's not like that's wrong and she's right or she's wrong and that's right or whatever. It's, like, entirely a personal yeah. Like, experience and decision, you know? And, like, I definitely know people who've, like, worked in, like, like painting. Yeah. Right? Not, like, artists, but, like, painting a house, painting walls inside of a house, you know? And they'll have, like, a customer who's like, I want this accent wall, like, bright yellow. So they, like, choose a bright yellow from the swatches, and they put it on the wall. And then, like, it, like you know, whatever, a couple of weeks later or a month later or whatever, they're like, actually, not this yellow. Yeah. Let's go with a slightly different yellow. This yellow I'm not vibing with. And they paint it like a slightly different yellow, and they're just like, everything's cool now, bro. Yeah. This is yeah. like the place where I like to do that stuff. You know, or like people who surround themselves with like plants. Yeah. Who want like a lot of greenery in their house. And then there are people who are just like, even flowers. They're like, I don't know about that. Yeah. You know? So it's yeah. entirely like a, a, like a personally dependent conversation. Yeah. But it does show where like color as a function of set and setting, uh, play a large part in people's, like, comfortability yeah. and, like, mood regime mm -hmm. within their, like, household or setting. I mean, we've definitely all probably have a memory of, like, a particular classroom, whether it was in, like, elementary school or, like, high school or, like, college or something like that. That was just, like, a color that, like, every time you walked in there, you're just like, man, fuck this stupid class. Like, <laughs> I don't know. You know, like, you get some of those, like, industrial classrooms got that, like, sort of, like, uh, that sort of, like, uh, brown, orange, mustardy sort of a color that was, like, on the mm. walls or whatever the heck in a lot of those places or something like that, and you're just like, I fucking hate this room so much. Yeah. <laughs> you know, or yeah. whatever. So, like, you know, or, or even, like, uh, look at, like, the way that they specifically designed the hotel in the, what is it, Lookout Hotel or whatever it's called. Oh, in, in The Shining. Uh, in The Shining yeah. was, like, designed to, like, put you off. Yeah. And anytime like, like... It doesn't even have to be the same pattern or necessarily the same colors because both have intrinsic effect on the mind. Yeah. But, like, you've definitely been in a place where it's, like, kind of, like, similar, like, coloring and patterning, patterning going down a hallway and you're just like, man, if I see two twins coming out here on fucking tricycles, I'm out, dog. <laughs> this, this place, I'm out I of this place so fast. I don't want to see any so kids in this hallway. No kids in this hallway. Not allowed, you know? <laughs> so it's, it's like that sort of a thing, right? Where, like, color plays such a such a large hand in, like, yeah. the sort of, like, background conversation of, like, mood and tone and setting and, like, emotional memories and things like that. Yeah. Well, another thing that color um, kind of, like, has to, ha like, interplays with in terms of, like, energy and set and setting is is actually, like, an aura. So the last thing that I have on the list for scientific breakthroughs is actually something that's technically not proven. Not real science. Um, but it's not... It's not it's not proven for and it's not proven against, right? So science adjacent. Science adjacent. So um, that's the ability to uh, be able to take pictures of the electromagnetic energy field or aura around a body. Mm -hmm. So uh, back during the Cold War, there was a 
ton of research into this sort of thing. Every government and, wanted to figure out um, if NK could infect Ultra, my dudes. Yeah, and actually <laughs> in uh, in Russia, they pioneered this technology to be able to take pictures of what we believe is the electromagnetic energy field around a person's body, and what we also believe is an aura, and there are colors associated with it that work with... You know, basically the colors of auras. It's actually super interesting stuff, but there's not a lot of information of it available for sure. fairly obvious reasons. Sure, yeah. Um, and it's things like that that you kind of... And, of course, any scientific breakthrough made by a military industrial complex during the Cold War needs to be taken with a grain of CIA-sized salt. Yeah. Where, like, mayhaps breakthrough in science, mayhaps super big lie to confuse your enemies... Yeah. Right? And yeah. maybe a little bit of both. Maybe it's a Venn diagram that's like more overlapping than yeah. not. Maybe it's you a non-biological organisms or whatever that guy said. Yeah, whatever said. that guy said. We got some <laughs> we got some non-normal biologicals going on in yeah, here. Yeah. And you're just like, all right, dog, you could have just said aliens, but like <laughs> that makes me real sus that what we're talking about is the same thing. You yeah. Know? Totally, yeah. totally. So now that we've talked a bit about chromotherapy, I'm actually gonna turn this a little bit bit to the side and we're going to talk about theosophy it's not a little bit it's hard left Continue. it's a hard left but you'll understand why um so we've mentioned theosophy and actually its founder helena blavatsky in many episodes theosophy is um it, it, during its birth and its heyday in the late 1800s to the early 1900s, there was a lot of occultism going around. Yeah. This is when we're talking about the big time for seances. This is the Golden Dawn. Um, that's Aleister Crowley, birth of modern day tarot cards. And what they, and, and just sort of like in general, tying together the mysticism, not just of the quote unquote East and the West, but also that of ancient times. In fact, Theosophy, theosophy really strongly shaped what we would consider the new age movement or the metaphysical movement uh, that is modern magic. You know, we've talked also about Gerald Gardner and the founding of Wicca, although like a little bit, I still definitely am going to like find, we'll a, a, find a biography and we'll do, do a whole we'll episode do a Wicca on that. deep dive one of these um, days, yeah. Gerald it's Gardner coming. deep dive standalone. Yeah, then, so we like, talked about that, and we Wicca. know that he was heavily influenced by Aleister Crowley, who was not necess who was not necessarily a theosophist, but had a lot of similar things, and was very prominent uh, within these circles of like <laughs> within the occult. Space. Yeah, within these occult spaces, right? Yeah. So um, theosophy had a lot of different people, but it was mainly founded by Helena Blavatsky and um, her and uh, a few others started teaching about thought forms and human auras using color as a perspective. And this eventually turned into a book called Thought Forms. You can find this book... Um, where books you, are found. You can find this book where books are found. You can yeah. actually find it online uh, in uh, several places for free as part of the Internet Archive and sacred te sacredtexts.org. There'll yeah. be links to it in the sources in the show notes. Um, and uh, full disclosure, I did not read this whole book. I just kind of skimmed through it. Um, I did not have time to read the whole thing. And it got it was wild. It's the yeah. kind of thing where you want to read the paragraph like three times. Because also they're talking in like the 
the prose of the 1800s, which is like long sentences with really big words. Yeah. And well, you know, you gotta listen, man. If you're gonna, you gotta sound so fancy, right? So mm-hmm. because like if you're gonna be like, listen, we could just do some thought forms, guys. Let's think about some stuff. Words got colors and such like that, right? That doesn't sound nearly as gangster as if somebody's just like theater, you know? If yeah. They, if they're if they're coming in here all like. Like vows and shit, you know. Yeah, basically <laughs> the vows. The so vows and the book thought forms such. is all about color and all about auras and all about ESP, really. Um, so in the beginning of this book, you there know, is a color. Networks, <laughs> In the, in the beginning of this book, there is a color grid that assigns certain colors meaning, um, and it kind of goes through it. Uh, but it doesn't go through, like, all the colors, and I don't particularly agree with some of the color meanings, but... There's um there's a there's a lot to be said for not only individual interpretation but interpretation of somebody who lives in a completely different time, you know. Yeah. Well, yeah, sure. You definitely like color meaning would have like saying something's cool or something's hot nowadays. If you said that to somebody who lived in the mid 1850s, they wouldn't understand yeah. the slang vernacular yeah. associated. Yeah. Honestly, with it. it's not even you don't have to go that far back. I mean, like if you just teleported somebody from like the early 80s to right now today and you sat them down with a bunch of like high school students, that dude from the 80s would sound bonkers to them. They yeah. would just be like, what is this guy talking about? Yeah. What is he saying? What is going on right yeah. now? Yeah, but you know? the color just meaning the same. grid. I, mean, do I any think of us know what these young kids are saying these days. Let's let's be real. There, it's just <laughs> young people. Young people are talking all kind of weird sci-fi nonsense. So. You sound in your age over here, man. I'm, listen, I'm I've done been old. I'm totally okay with that. <laughs> yeah, no no complaint here with that at all. <laughs> so this color meaning grid, I think for the most part, really works well, but some things are just a bit off, um, in, in my opinion. Um, so uh, in this book, they talk about how thoughts are things, and specifically things that are tangible uh, to those with clairvoyance. For those who do not have clairvoyance or the ability to like see stuff, um, it doesn't mean that they're not, that the, that the thought forms aren't there. It just means that you can't see it. Right. Um, So in particular, they kind of broke this down into three pieces. They broke this down into the quality of thought is color. So, for instance, pride is a red orange color. Okay. And then they broke this down into the nature of thought. That is the form that that color takes. So you got your red orange crayon and now what are you going to draw? Right. So pride in oneself would essentially be a red orange image of yourself. And it's sort of sprouting out of your head. Okay. Right. And then lastly, we have definiteness of thought. That is the clearness of the outline. So, for instance, more confidence, more pride in oneself um, would give a sharper outline of you. So if you're not if you're if you're having a prideful moment, but like you're kind of new to this, it would be like a vague shape that's sort of shaped like you sort of sprouting out of your head, perhaps walking down the street or whatever the situation is like full color thoughts. Right. Um, but if you're like 
feeling lots of pride about yourself in this moment. Now we're starting to see sharper focus. Maybe now you can start to pick out features or or outlines of shapes and and things like that. And you can have multiple colors in a thought, right? Um, Because you're not, you're not, most people aren't thinking just one thing at a time and don't have just one feeling about what it is that you're thinking. So that's how they broke that stuff down in this book. And the book includes many illustrations of different types of thought forms as well. So it talks about the colors, talks about the thought forms. Some of them are very like, um, shall we say photorealistic um, of in the in the times to like what you would imagine. So like if somebody's thinking about um, if somebody's thinking about drinking, like they're an alcoholic, they're thinking about drinking. What they're seeing is they're seeing, I believe, a blue colored like hand going to grasp a drink to then drink. Mm, um, okay. But also sometimes we just have like vague shapes with colors that are kind of like a fountain appearing out of your head or sort of blooming into like a uh, fantasy landscape. And sometimes they're just kind of like thought bubbles. Hmm. All right. All right. So, I mean, this sounds like, uh, this sounds a lot of the like, um, uh, what's that called? Where like, if you like, think it hard enough it becomes real yeah kind of a kind of a vibe that you get in sort of like modern witchy occult pagan adjacent yeah like um conversations yeah intention and manifestation yeah intention and manifestation for sure especially when you think about the idea of the nature of of thought or the definiteness of it and the idea that thoughts are things. And yeah. they also do talk about auras in this too, uh, but we're not really going to touch on auras a whole lot in this episode. We're into a whole deep dive we'll into auras eventually. Yeah. Yeah. That's a whole well, I mean, another this, place. This sounds, this sounds like this, this thought form book sounds like, uh, like sort of the second step in. So like, like if you learn, like if, if I'm trying to teach you like, all right, so, if you like if you think it they will come right we're talking yeah. we're talking field of dreams style, yes we are right yeah. so if if i show you field of dreams and i'm like if you if if you think it they will come you're like all right gangster but like obviously it's difficult to kind of like dial in your thinking yeah right uh you know it's easy to kind of get distracted or what have you so reasonably building a language that could be memorized, that has simple definitions, right? You know, like, okay, this color means this word. These colors mean these, like, tones or symbols or or what have you. And these shapes mean this, and the clearness of this shape means this, and all this kind of stuff. It gives you something to specifically meditate on. Yeah. Right? So it's like, if I just tell you, oh, do you want to be, like, like, more, like, proud of yourself? Then you just got to think of yourself as happy. You know, it, it's that like, like, like think of yourself as a successful person and you'll become successful. But like, how do you define success? How do you think about yourself as a successful person? What is what is the manner in which you do that? So if if we as a group come up with a language, right, a visual language by which we are capable of expressing those thoughts, then like all you have to do is think of yourself red, orange, whatever, standing on a mountain, clearly, 
yeah. or, or what have you, right? And all of a sudden, you're like, all right, boom, I've got this. And if you if you don't have the capacity for, like, internal mental imagery like that, because, you know, some people can't, like, see things in their head or whatever, right? Then you would still have the capacity to, like, use language, let's say, as, like, a mantra, and but still use this visual language to describe the situation yeah. that you could be thinking, or to draw it and have it as a visual reminder of... So when you think about it that in that respect, it's sort of like forming a language behind intention in order to allow not only the rapid interpretation of like we all agree this is the the best way to think about this right and you know as we're all if we all accept that red orange is pride then everybody who thinks of pridefulness or pride in a red orange way is going to more strongly connect pride to the color red orange yeah therefore making it more effective for you as a practitioner, as well as it means that I can write it down in a book and not have to, like, whinge in a circle for 20 minutes to explain how, like, focusing on yourself clearly to be, be uh, like, have a better self-image is the solution. But I can just be like, oh, yeah, better self-image, blue horses. And you're like, I can do blue horses all day, baby. Let's do this. Yeah. You know, yeah. or whatever. Now, so, to be clear, this book doesn't necessarily say if you visualize this thing, it will happen. It's the book is really more of a observation. Sure. Of yeah. it. Yeah. But what you're saying absolutely makes sense as well. Well, yeah. I mean, yeah, it has to, it has to, the language would, in my opinion, logically develop out of a sort of, you know, it's it's that, like, why does the hanged man mean what the hanged man means, mm-hmm. right? Whether that's because somebody was like, ah, well, I'm going to make up this picture, this card, these words, and this definition. Or if it's like, we're going to get a bunch of cards, and then as a group, we sort of distilled down the, like, three words that define what the hanged man is, right? You still have to have that sort of, like, like... Uh, that ingrained observer bias yeah. in order to generate the, like what we now accept as like a cultural <clears throat> understanding of things, you know, and like, think about this as like, like flowers. Like when we talked about flower magic, like, Oh, what did you give her? Yellow daisies? Well, yellow daisies is the, um, is the flower of friendship. So that means that you just like totally denied her the relationship or whatever they had, yeah. you know, but like, but like orange roses, like that's, that's something else, dog, right? So those are all, like, rules or whatever. So, you know, but the, obviously they come yeah. out of, like, observations and, like, cultural Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Such. Totally, totally. You know? So um, this book was, and this idea of, um, of thought forms and also theosophy in general was a huge inspiration for modern artists and help to really break ground to allow more abstract art surrealist art and expressionist art to take hold because really prior to this prior to this time in the late victorian age like art was representational you know if you were talking about a, a pretty lady, you know, if you were doing art about a pretty lady, you were literally painting what you thought of as a pretty lady, as sure. opposed to the abstract feelings that this 
person may give you or, you know, what you think they look like. So this really gave birth to what we would consider modern art. And you can kind of see a lot of traces in it. In fact, there were a lot of artists who have directly <coughs> said that this book, Thought Forms, was a major inspiration to their career. Mm. So like uh, Russolo and Mondrian and also most famously Kandinsky. Those men were not only theosophists, but they were so, so inspired by this book. Yeah. And like literally there was like a list of like 10 to 15 people. Um, if you're interested in checking it out, that uh, is also in the sources. It's a Wikipedia article that talks about theosophy and in visual arts. Mm. Super interesting. A lot of artists that I had not heard of, but or <laughs> not realized I had heard of that is. Uh, but when I like looked at their art i was like oh shoot i do recognize this art so um really interesting thought there that um theosophy and the idea of color magic is basically how kandinsky has million dollar paintings yeah yeah sure totally. you know um so there's uh it's not so simple as combining the principles of chromotherapy and theosophy or thought forms to sort of turn into what we look at today as modern color magic. Sure. Yeah. Completely. Completely. Well, you also have like, when I, the way that I look at this is like, whenever you're looking at like the modern version of a thing, you got to take into account like all the historical aspects. You also have to take into account uh, the telephone game. Right, which is yes. us, which which is the human pop, uh, the the human person's inability to remember fine detail for more, like one second, right? Yeah. So so you know you you've got that drift, but then you also have culturally significant moments, yeah. or decisions because like sometimes a culturally significant moment is like a big world-changing event that we all bore witness to yeah. or heard about or, or whatever. Uh, and sometimes it's that, like, if you think of radioactive ooze, you're going to think of the color lime green. Yeah. Right? And that's just because, like, one of the dudes in the TMNT Thanks, Ninja decided Turtles. that. You know? Or, or, or whatever, right? Yeah. So... You know, it's that it's that sort of thing where like sometimes it's like this big cultural like a like a show like a thing, and sometimes it's just like red lightsabers are the bad guy ones, so the color red's just always associated with bad guys <laughs> or like whatever. I mean, that's a terrible example because like red is always red, but like yeah. but like you 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 see what I'm totally, saying there, totally, right? Yeah. So not only do you have the telephone game like affecting the long term memory. Right. Of any sort of specific like concept like that. But then you also have like, well, I mean, I know that it's like red orange, but like it's more like orange orange because like red's bad or whatever. Yeah. You know, just because of the like translation of like whatever like media people are consuming. And I imagine that that sort of like drift in modernity and culture is only going to occur more rapidly uh due in large part to out the interconnectedness of like social media generations yeah. like those of us that are like constantly on the internet experience I, in the long run i think it'll be talked about as like we kind of experience cultural shifts 
as like as a time function significantly faster than previous generations did simply because like you're constantly just like being hammered with this stuff yeah right and you're always hearing on this news and you're always hearing about all this you know you're always involved in all this like bits so that way you kind of get to this place where like um it feels like every six months some like big dramatic thing is occurring but oftentimes those big dramatic things are actually something distant and not directly affecting you um although nowadays sometimes it is uh but if but sometimes it's not directly affecting you but because of social media and the connections that are built through the internet everything like it's it's made the world smaller yeah which has made all of the events bigger yeah you know what I'm yeah, saying? Totally, totally. So, you know, some of the things that go into what we think of as modern color magic, aside from the cultural side of it, well, that that cultural side of it specifically, is combining ancient principles of colors so that were associated with different planets and zodiac signs. That goes all the way back. <laughs> So far, <laughs> um, there's Agrippa's sympathetic magical systems to take into account. There is the principles of the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn. We see that symbolism most easily today in the Rider White tarot cards. Mm -hmm. There's the color principles of the Kabbalah, of the Chakra color systems. Another episode we've got coming to you. Um, and... Um, also, reconstructionist practices, uh, a sort of all create today's modern color magic systems. So there's not a really easy way to say, well, this is what these colors should be, because aside from what we're looking at as like modern cultural things, we also have sort of global cultural things associated with color, uh, like for instance, when you go to a funeral, are you wearing all black or are you wearing white? Yeah, right. That depending depends on, on depending your culture. On culture when you're, you're yeah. getting married, is it common to have a white wedding dress or to have a red wedding dress? Another yeah. cultural yeah. change. Or, a or just like a lot of bright colors, right? I mean, you see that a lot yeah. in like uh, when you're seeing like uh, uh, some cultures... Uh, the cultural significance comes from like a lot of bright colors or bright patterning, whereas other cultures are like simplicity and and potentially like a monochrome s sort of a thing, yeah, depending on yeah. the, on the event or whatever. So yeah, and you know, thinking about reconstructionism, um, which is you know to say like sort of most of modern magical practices that we're doing today are at least some form of reconstructionism. Yeah, we have some reconstructionism. Um, you know, there's some there. The thing is, yeah. is there's not, there's not like um, an ancient Celtic or Norse document or carving that says green means plants yeah. and red means blood. Like we don't have that. That doesn't exist. Um, it's most likely that people back then didn't even think about it that way uh, unless they were thinking about it possibly in the chromotherapy sense or that certain deities seemed to be aligned with certain colors. Yeah. So um, it's not easy to say, well, this is what it should be or what should it be if I'm a X type of yeah. practitioner. Well, and a lot of times we're, when we're doing reconstruction, what we're doing is we're taking like a descriptor used in an ancient text, right? And we're, we're, 
pulling the word out of the descriptor, yeah. right? You know, like, oh, this big, powerful guy, uh, you know, big guy, red of beard and hair, blah, 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 whatever. And you're like, oh, so, like, he's associated with the color red. Well, or he was just, like, a ginger dog. Maybe his favorite, <laughs> right? Like, I mean, like, clearly that's what they're saying when they say that yeah. he's got, like, a red beard and red hair. Right? Yeah. But that doesn't necessarily mean that the color red is associated with him. Yeah. It might simply be a function of them trying to describe him better. Right? Yeah. But if that's the closest piece of information that we have, then that's generally the way we're going to associate that with a person, regardless of the fact that sometimes even those things are sort of like muddled, lost, forgotten, or again, otherwisely like negated. The reason why I chose a red beard is a fantastic example of this is Thor and being like like a portly guy with red with red hair and a yeah. red beard. But like when you when you see almost any modern visual of Thor, right in like pop culture, he's like a buff blonde guy. Yeah. Right, because he's the he's a hero character, and so we want him to be buff and blonde because that's what we expect heroes to look like. Yeah. Like buff blonde and white or. Fucking yeah. whatever, right? Uh, but at the same time, you have things like the uh, more recent God of War mo- uh, video games where they go out of their way to try and uphold like a more historically accurate depiction yeah. of Thor. So it's not that it's being erased. It's that like it's being selected for like the most marketability and profit to the business yeah. sometimes, Yeah. right? Yeah, totally. Totally. Uh, but, you know, you know, and it's just like when you're talking about I, I'm just I, I know more of these with regard to uh, to like Norse mythology and Celtic mythology. So it's like the green man or like the gray wanderer. Right. Yeah. They often refer to Odin as the gray wanderer. Right. Or, or, or something to that extent. So like often when you're doing reconst- when when you're seeing reconstruction like energy being put into a modern practice or, or modern understanding, we're, we're kind of picking and choosing description words yeah. out of, like, a whole grander context in order to be like, oh, well, this is clearly what was up with this, mm-hmm. right? Or what have you. So that's something to kind of keep in mind. And, of course, remember that, like, just because, like, for you the color black might represent, like, something negative for somebody else the color black may represent something positive yeah right you know just like the whole like uh white at a funeral black at a funeral or white wedding dress red wedding dress um like i think kind of one of the disservices done to us by like the shrinking of the planet due to like the internet affecting our culture is that we often sort of lose track of those differences because we strive towards uniform normality. It is the strangest part of the human species to me is the desire to be normal. Uh, but a lot of people strive toward that uniform normality. So you, when you, when you do that, a lot of the information you're getting out of that is like, well, it's, it's either like, well, I'm seeing all these things. I'm going to choose this one. So pick and choosing. Right. Or it's the like, you know, uh, Chris Hemsworth is my Thor. So like, that's my Thor. There's no problem with that being your Thor, but like, you know, don't, don't poo on somebody being like, uh, like a chubby redhead is my Thor. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, that's something to kind of keep in mind whenever you think about, like, modern reconstructionist magic. Right? Yeah. Or you're at the 
bloody candle store and you're buying colorful candles. Yeah. Right? And and the box says, like, these candles are for dark magic because they're like black candles. And you're like, nah, dog. You know? You <laughs> yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. And actually, candle magic is kind of like a a, a big piece of it, too. Because we kind of don't Ooh, really colors see... Colors of candles? So, yeah. po- so we, popular? Yeah. We kind of don't really see a lot of magical, uh, like, color influencing magic in the same way that we do now. Until, like... We really saw this sort of creep into modern witchcraft through candle magic and chakras mm-hmm. in the 90s. It's mm-hmm. kind of like the new agey movement. Prior to this, we're looking at like a little bit of early Wicca. And we're also looking at the idea of like ceremonial and other types of reconstructionist magic. And for the most part, using colors in those type of magical systems, we're either down to well, we're doing a thing that's based on a season, so we're going to decorate an altar with the colors of the season. Or we're going to be doing something at a very specific planetary hour, and we're going to use the color associated with that planet to give extra power to this spell. Mm -hmm. So we don't really have, like, you need this color candle or this color candle. And, And not to say that that's bad but yeah. you know it may not be easy to keep a whole stock of rainbow candles in your thing so we really start seeing this creep in through like the 90s Llewellyn witchcrafty stuff with candle magic yeah. with chakras with new age well, but also with all that when, kind of when stuff that sort of product becomes more reasonably available Yes. Right? Yes. I mean, when you think about this, like, okay, so candles are, like, vague, generic wax color, and you can, like, put some stuff in there to make them colorful, but that's not only a lot more work, it's a lot more processing, it's a lot more expensive, anciently speaking, right? But, but whereas, like, nowadays, if you go to, if you go to the craft store, or, like, the, the, you know, bathworks store, of of your like local modern choosing, right? You can go into there. You go to the the candle aisle, and they got twelve shades of every single color. Yeah. What kind of red do you want? You want pink red? You want orange red? You want like a red that's like what a little style red? of you want candle? A bright red? Do you yeah. Want? You want a taper yeah. candle? You want a jar candle? You you know like like all these things. And because of the increase in like available options, we start having the the increased choice to add that bonus dimension yeah. to the spell, yeah. right? Or, or to the craft. And of course, if it's an option and it's available and you're being marketed towards with a business, right? And I understand that like practice isn't necessarily a business, but also a lot of these people are selling books. So it's yeah. kind of a business, right? So like if the option's available and, and you see this in like, like, especially in some of the like, 90s witchcrafty book stuff yeah where they're like use a candle but a blue candle would be better you know like that kind of thing they, they do that like but also if yeah. you know and so and that's where you start getting a lot of that like well nowadays i mean like nowadays we can go to the local grocery store <clears throat> right and and they have like a little section of candles there must be 20 colors available yeah. A candle? And this is just like a like a back corner <coughs> in the grocery store that's just selling like enough candles for like 
you got for a date. like your centerpiece. Yeah, you got you got a date coming over, and you need a candle, or like it's Thanksgiving, or what you know, it's some sort of holiday, and you need like candles. You're not even gonna light these bloody things. It's just so you look fancy as heck. Yeah. You know, your parents yeah. are coming over to your house. You got to make this shit look fancy uh, because you definitely don't eat dinner on your lap <laughs> in the living room, sitting on the couch. You a hundred percent use that table. Plates. Yeah, <laughs> you know you use that's that. currently covered in paperwork. Yeah, I'm and at you, uh, you're color coordinating your candles to your yeah. like, placemats. Yeah, and stuff. Exactly. Yeah, 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 exactly, totally. Exactly. So I mean, like we what we do is we try to incorporate color into our magical workings but by no means make it a requirement oh goodness no yeah our candles first of all all what are whatever color that they are Wh- whatever color Jonathan decided to make whatever candles color out of. you decided to make candles yeah. out of you know we have some uh, some like cool LED candles that we recently got and those ones are just plain old white yeah um so so colored candles is um, not really something that we do primarily because we tend to burn candles a lot and we save the wax and reuse it so they kind of all end up being a color and we make them in batches so like could we make different color candles so that we have a bunch of greens and reds and whatever and we have for like specific tasks yeah. You know, when it's like, ah, we're going to make like a bunch of blue candles or whatever. Yeah. I mean, in reality, most of the candles we but, burn are like um, beeswax candles. But that's so but that's not the norm for yellow. us. That's actually the exception. Oh, totally. You know, we totally. just kind of like, I'm looking at the candles we have right now. We have like white and green and just like plain beeswax. We have some that are red and white yeah. and some that are like four colors on yeah, them. We've got all so green we've just kind of like, yeah, so we generally don't do colored candle magic because it's just more work for us yeah. or more money and you know we're not made of that yeah. so um but but i try to incorporate color into magic in other ways so um usually i do this when it comes to things that are like jar candles or you know like little spell jars stuff like that is spell sachet um I'll try to find something that's colored. Sometimes that'll be like a stone. Like maybe I'm trying to use blue and I happen to have some lapis chips and lapis also works for it. So then that's doing double duty. And um, one of my favorite things to put into jar candles is of course glitter. Um, And it comes in all colors totally. and it makes it look super pretty. Totally, so totally, I, totally. uh, I tend to use glitter or, uh, seed beads. We have a ton of seed beads. Who um, so I'll put that sort of thing in there. Just like something to give it just like a little bit of extra oomph sure. in something. Sure. Uh, I don't generally color coordinate an outfit for a spell or anything like Ooh, that. No. I kind of leave it at, in this like way where it's like, can I add this extra piece that is also this thing? Absolutely. Yeah, totally, totally. And if I can't, then I don't do it. Uh, yeah, I don't, you know, I don't really do anything with color magic in so far as I'm trying to like achieve a bone bonus effect with color or anything like that. I mean, I generally tend to surround myself with the colors that I like. 
Right? Yeah. Like, my favorite color is purple, so, like, I always have, like, a bunch of purple stuff around. Yeah. Um, and I really like the color green because I'm, like, a crazy plant person. So, like, I have a lot of green stuff around. And, yeah. like, my three main colors, um, and this will be obvious if you're uh, on our Patreon and look at our Book of Shadows pages, um, <laughs> are purple, pe uh, teal, and pink. Yeah. So, uh, I try and make, like, include purple, teal, and pink in everything when I'm, like tie-dyeing stuff for like clothes yeah. or I'm like making a new sarong for myself or anything like that. Um, so like everything sort of falls into those color categories, but I didn't choose those colors because meanings. They're just the colors that I like. Yeah. Right. So for me, like, I don't really care about that. Um, like what the color means. That's sort of unimportant to me. Um, it's more about like what colors I like and yeah. I want to like surround myself with. Uh, the exception to that is, and this is a, a very uncommon exception, but like if we're doing a very specific thing, right? And then like maybe we'll do like, oh, we're doing a thing, you know, it'd be like we like whatever. We want like a bunch of blue candles. Yeah. So it's like, all right, well, like I'll get the stuff out. I'll get out my pigments and I'll like dye a batch of wax blue and pour a bunch of blue candles or like um, something to that extent. Yeah. At which point, like I'll do like the color research and I'll like use that color. Or like if we're doing something for a specific like deity or for or a specific sabbat uh, or blot that has like a color significance to it. Yeah. Then we'll like do something for that. Yeah. But for the most part, my default answer is, oh, would this benefit from color? If so, why is the answer going to always be purple? Because I said so. That's why. <laughs> Go with purple. That's Shift royal. So color. accurate. So that's just you. what I do. Yeah. Is everything's like purple. <clears throat> Vaguely always purple. Yeah. Um but yeah, I don't really do like it's not like I'm like, like, uh, color magic's bullshit or something like that. Yeah. But I just like, it's not like, I would rather surround, like, I would rather surround myself with the colors that I want. Yeah. Than, yeah. uh, than not, uh, in so far as if I need to, I will use the colors that I want as like the jumping off point to express a realization of what that meaning is. <laughs> Right, which is totally working backwards, but uh, I don't care. I want it to be purple, and I said so, so I'm gonna do it. Right, so like that's that's my thing with now, color magic is that I kind of go back backwards because I'm like I want it to be purple. So what could this purple mean? Yeah. So all of that said, um, we did recently, full disclosure, uh, buy uh, like colored glasses. Like yeah. each of us. I primarily bought them because I watched an anime out. where a guy had colored glasses in it, and I was like, I could look a little bit. like And I was that like, guy. that's a good enough excuse. I, I was like, because I could look, I could look a little bit like that guy. Glasses. So I'm gonna do that. So I had to buy. I wanted literally one pair of colored glasses, but you can't buy one pair of colored glasses because, I don't know, whatever, capitalism's weird, dude, and, yeah. like, consumption is, like, a bonkers thing. Yeah, it so is. So I had to buy, like, a whole multi-pack, and uh, so I primarily only use two of the pairs, right? The pair that I'm currently wearing, which are the purple ones, uh, which are not the ones that I wear the most often, even though purple is my favorite color. Uh, the ones that I wear the most often are actually pink. Yeah. The purple glasses I wear more often are a pair of 
sunglasses yeah. that I'm deeply, deeply in love with. Yeah, yeah. And I am currently wearing orange ones. I got, I wanted them to experiment with color therapy and chakra work. Um, and orange is a color of like creativity and inspiration associated with the sacral chakra, also happiness. And uh, most importantly, it matches the outfit that I'm wearing right now. So there's some little detail with like little orange sequin flowers. And uh, there's also purple sequin flowers, but I couldn't just wear purple glasses like him glasses. because he's wearing purple glasses. Yeah. So yeah, so we did get those. So we are <laughs> going to be experimenting with that. Um, and I'm pretty, pretty stoked about that. Might bejewel these glasses up. Yeah. Because yeah, them up, why make them, not? Make them fun. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I kind of want to get those like old person Loops. Oh, I really want like dude. A, I want those like sweet. I want. Yeah. I want to like make them, you know, because we got all the like all kind of like fancy tons of beads, beads, yeah. You know, so I want to make those like cool beaded like what's called glasses holdy thingies. Yeah, we just need like the little rubber doodads. Yeah, so that'll that'll happen yeah. at some point. In time. Would you wear something like that? Yeah. Tell us below. We're curious. I mean, I don't really take them off, so I don't need to, like, put them down and then up again. But, but it's, like, a cool fashion statement. It is. It's so cool, dude. Yeah. I'm super here for it. Well, I say that now. I haven't worn one, so, like, I don't know if it's going to get, like, caught in my earrings and then immediately not be okay with. Oh, they might. Yeah. We'll see. Um, hashtag entering our granny era. Yep. So, it's time for spells. Okay. We got two spells associated with color magic. So uh, the first spell is colored intentions. Uh, and for this, you'll need something to visually observe your desired color. So this can be wearing colored glasses. This can be like literally a colored sheet of paper. Um, it can be an image I'm on at a new construction paper from the kids' pile. <laughs> yeah, right. What's up, dude? Um, or like, the worst like a picture. It, it's the awful. I love. I like the way that it feels though. No man. No, no. I like at the all. feeling of cutting into construction paper, nah, like kids' man. construction paper. It's so nice, so satisfying. Um, it could be fabric, it could be anything, just as long as it's <clears throat> the color that you're yeah. going for. It and could we just have be a... like a color on your screen. Yeah. Like not even a background, just like, just like search for a color in like your search program. And be like, all right, zoom in, take up the whole screen, glow in, a color, glow in yep. blue or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. So choose the color and your desired manifestation for that color from the correspondence list, which we're going to talk about after these spells. Um, and so like, for instance, if you want to be more confident, choose a shade of yellow that you particularly like. And I mean, I guess you could get really granular on like the meanings of colors and stuff, but I'm not going to do that not everybody's favorite color is yellow so just pick a yellow that you vibe with yeah totally you know so you've got this color gaze at this color clear your mind focus on the colored item and then repeat your intention over and over again using i am statements so again when we are manifesting it's never i will or i want it's always i am so for this yellow color you would go you would just say over and over again, I am confident. If you want to make it more than that, go ahead. But if you want to just say, I am confident, that's fine too. Yeah. Um, you know, it's 
you don't you it, it it's as simple you got, as you want it to you, be you gotta think about it like uh like one of those what is that like uh 80s super villain layer you know whenever you walk yeah. in those layers and there's always like some stuff flashing on a screen and it's like i am powerful i am confident you know yeah. like that was like real hot in those like yeah like late 80s early 90s like yeah, villain layers yeah right? so uh next got to stuff whatever his name is <laughs> yeah. like he had those i think also yeah oh i was thinking about um riddler yeah, Riddler. From the yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly, yeah. exactly, exactly. Um, so, so you're 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 cleared your mind. You're focused on on your thing. You're repeating your intention. Now, visualize or think about you moving through your life with that desired manifestation. Remember, we talked about in thought forms the definiteness of it really clears that that shape. So, give this definiteness draw outlines around yourself maybe if you're in this confidence spell you see yourself talking in front of strangers or standing up to your boss or sitting up straight or you know whatever the thing is that makes you feel more confident imagine those scenarios playing out in your head over yeah, and over yeah. and over again think about it like uh think about it like uh what is it uh is it is it spike lee movies the ones where they do the like pause and like the screen goes monochrome and then oh, it, and yeah. then the person and then it's like da -da -da, and it's got like the person's name or whatever. Yeah. So like you gotta go talk to your boss, walk into the office, da -da -da, like yellow That's wall also behind Guy you. Ritchie. Guy Ritchie does the same thing. Yeah, yeah. there's like, a lot of like yellow of that. like yellow wall behind you, like let me tell you how I deserve a raise and to not be treated like shit. Yeah. You know, or whatever. So like think like kinda do that kind of find the tricks that make it easier for you to sort of like yeah. step into that like thought form the best, right? Yeah, absolutely. And the more specific obviously the better exactly yes but don't be so specific that you're kind of biting yourself in the butt on yeah, that one yeah. you know um <laughs> you don't need to go full x-men mind powers you don't need to be like mm, i'm gonna be confident know? in just this <laughs> one thing like yeah just blanket statement it make it easier on yourself yeah um so continue this process for a few minutes or until you feel you're done at a certain you, you may be like how do i know and you're just gonna be like kind of unable to bring your attention back to that moment or you're just kind of like feeling like i'm done now yeah um you know just work on that intuition of creating your own magic um and then when you feel like you're done close your eyes clear your mind again and once you're ready open your eyes and go about your day repeat this spell as needed yeah totally yeah completely just you know, use it as like a little, like use it as sort of almost like a micro meditation, right? Once you set it up to go, right? This is the, is the Rompo Peel. Once you set it, then you can forget it <laughs> and then just come back and reset it the next time. Yeah. You want to make a rotisserie yeah, chicken yeah, yeah. or whatever the hell he was selling. I I think it was rotisserie chickens. <laughs> it was probably rotisserie chickens or something. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So spell number two is an enchantment spell. So this time this is, we're going to enchant some paint chips. Y'all, do you know what paint chips are? I mean, I know what you think paint chips are. So yes, because I can see the screen. That's right? true. But a paint chip is just a chip of paint, my friend. Well, I mean, technically they're called paint chips. Those paint chips or swatches are those they're called like... swatches. Go to Home Depot. They're swatches. Yeah, I mean... Or Lowe's. I don't know. Where yeah, go to, go to your local hardware store. Sherwin-Williams. Um, so for this spell, I, 
I don't, I don't know. Oh, no. For this spell, you'll need some uh, paint chips or swatches in each of the colors on the correspondence list and a writing instrument. Yeah. Uh, so visit your local hardware store and pick up a paint chip or like a paint swatch in each of these colors, uh, aqua or teal, black, blue, brown, gray, green, orange, pink, purple, red, white, and yellow. So, so all colors. All the colors. Yeah. <laughs> um, choose the color swatch. Or just buy that pack of construction paper. You could do that too. But this is specifically about the paint chips, so yeah. don't do that. Um, but if you really want to um, or need to, go ahead, yeah. do that too. You probably probably um, need to. Probably. So choose. Uh, so again, choose the color swatch that you like most. There are a ton of different shades of each of these colors and just pick the one that you like the most. Don't go for the Crayola color unless that unless that's your vibe. Right. Yeah. Um, so when you go home, write the correspondences on each uh, the meanings for the correspondences on each colored block of the chip. We'll get to those in a few moments. Um, feel free to group correspondences together if you like. Like, for instance, um, blue is stands for power and authority. You could write those on the same color block. Um, or you can write them on separate ones because maybe to you they mean something different. That's fine too. Um, and if you wish, you can also cut out each individual little color block. So you have a tiny little whole bunch of little color blocks. Yeah, or you tricks. can leave them all together however you want that to be. Enchant the paint chips to work towards their corresponding manifestation is next. And you do that by clearing your mind, getting yourself in the vibe, hold your hand over all of the paint chips and feel the power flow through your hands, lighting up the colors in the paint swatches. <clears throat> now say three times, in vibrant colors, purpose takes flight, enchanting swatches with magic's pure light. Through whispered spells, hues begin to transform, desires manifest as my intentions perform. When you're done, collect your colors, put them in a safe place, and take a paint chip or an individual or the color swatch, however you want to do that, uh, out whenever you have need for that magical intention for spells or meditation as a talisman or however you see fit. Yeah. So basically, it's a tiny little intention manifestation tool that you can pick up and take with you or use however yeah. you, you like. You need confidence? Grab a yellow one, slide it in your wallet. Rock and roll. You're doing a spell It says you need something green, grab your little green. Yeah, totally. Yeah, if totally, it's for totally. prosperity, grab the little one that you wrote prosperity on. Uh, and replace the color swatches as needed or enchant them as needed. Yeah. Um, but, whoop, but that one is a super fun one. I totally hit the wrong button on the mouse. Whoop, whoop. Okay. That was terrible. That was bad. Uh, okay, so that being said, it's time for correspondences. Um, so it is... It is time for the reading of lists. Yeah, it's list uh, 30, guys. It's list 30. Yeah. So we're going to start off with aqua or teal. Um, this color is associated with peace, self-reflection, self spiritual power, creativity, calming, grounding, and stress relief and clarity. Black is associated with grounding and power, authority, death, mystery, protection, divination, releasing, hexing, and spirits. 
Blue is communication, wisdom, authority, intuition, safety, focus, spirituality, water, knowledge, peace. Brown or copper um, is stability, mastery, concentration, fertility, growth, grounding, earth. It's also associated with, associated with the fey. Um, gray or silver is intuition, dreams, uh, the moon, feminine energy, uh, balance, knowledge, wisdom, meditation. Green is associated with abundance, healing, fortune, prosperity, luck, growth. It's also an earthy color and a money color. Uh, orange is associated with community, energy, abundance, creativity, stimulation, success. It's a fiery color. Uh, it's also associated with business and joy. Um, two things that you wouldn't necessarily think are going to go together. Uh, next is pink. That's love, romance, healing, self-improvement. It's a feminine color. Um, so harmony also. Purple is power, spirituality, enlightenment, psychic abilities, intuition, and independence. Red is passion, fertility, fire, strength, assertiveness, manifestation, and uh, blood. White is for cleansing, purity, peace, calm, possibility, healing, happiness, air, balance, and consecration. And uh, lastly is yellow or gold, confidence, joy, optimism, inspiration, new beginnings, solar magic, masculine energy, and air. Woo. It's a lot of stuff. It's a lot of stuff. Faded out in the middle there. It's okay, though. <laughs> I got this written down. And if you would like it written down, Fantastic Transition, you're oh! welcome. If you would like it written down, you can find those on our Book of Shadows pages, which are available on our Patreon. Yep. Uh, so, quick shout out to our patrons from our Patreon. That's Alan Miranda, Helena, Alexa, Somewhere, and Brianna. Uh, so, thank you, guys. You guys are awesome. Um, so you can join them. You got the Book of Shadows pages. We have a Discord where we talk about all sort of fun witchy stuff um, and have uh, fun discussions and, like, hang out and stuff like that. So uh, that's where you're going to find that complete list as well as, like, what the spells are written down. And I do, like, a whole graphical page thing. And also uh, some of the basic episode. ideas behind the episode. Yeah. All of that kind of recapped in a beautiful two-page front back front, like front one back. page front and back document yeah, it's, one, it's one page front and back yeah i do know two pages i, I was like two pages, pages but they're both on the back I, I don't know we're not gonna yeah that's fine i designed them don't i just write a details. whole bunch of things in a list and my brain's a little yeah, yeah you gotta read less stuff fried yeah. <laughs> every color gets one thing that's all you get. No more. I mean, you could break it down to just one thing if you like. <laughs> yeah. So, you know. I'm a three things. Too. If a list got more than three, yeah, I'm only going to read like three of them. I'm just going <laughs> to quit. It's not worth it, man. It's too much. It's too much energy. I feel like one of these times I should have you read the correspondences and like not highlight any of it. So you can just be like, ah. Oh, I'm just going to select three things and then immediately move to the next subject. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You want more, you got to pay. Like that, except it's not. That's not the reason why. It's primarily just because I I ain't reading that much. Uh, <laughs> I read more than enough on my own. I don't need more reading things. I don't need homework. I'm an adult. Who to thunk it? But there you go. Right. Uh, so yeah, uh, sh those will be available on the Patreon. Uh, shout out to our patrons. You guys are awesome. 
And uh, as for the sources and all that stuff that we talked about earlier, uh, that'll all be linked in the description below if you are watching this on YouTube or in wherever the description is on the service that you're using to listening to listen to this uh, on your podcast network. Or you can go to nerdjive.com. All of the podcasts are actually hosted there, which also has the complete descriptions yep. there. So you can find the complete description there, as well as like all of the links to all of our socials. So you can hit us up on social if you have any questions or comments or anything like that. Uh, that's where you do that. Hit us up on social, and you can also, in the YouTube video, comment below and let us know what you thought about this. If you have any questions, uh, if you disagree with anything, uh, how do you use color uh, in your practice, or do you use color in your practice? Um, so, like, what's that about? Uh, let us know that down below. Uh, subscribe to the channel, follow the podcast if you're listening to this on the podcast network, and leave us a review so we know that you listen, because that's literally the only way. I I, I don't know how anybody else does podcast metrics. It seems, <laughs> it seems like kind of make-believe to me, but what do I know, right? Just a little bit, yeah. Um, so, yeah, that is Color Magic. So, yeah, either way, I have been John Norgrove. This has been Julie Norgrove. This has been The Horn. And Cauldron Podcast. Podcast. And we will catch you guys next time with more podcasty goodness. So uh, stay magical out there, folks. Yeah, and don't forget, breathe in self-confidence and breathe out self-doubt. <laughs>